Good afternoon, ladies, gentlemen, and anyone else who may be listening to this tiny little podcast that we're starting. I'm Elliot, as the name L on Earth may suggest, and this is episode one of the podcast. I must admit, I'm quite nervous because we've had no end of audio and video issues. So this episode, this opening, this maiden voyage is going to be audio only because we couldn't get video to work and because Soundtrap was the only thing that was functioning with the audio and it's just been a whole mess. But it is lovely to have any of you here who are listening, whatever time it may be, whether you're listening on Spotify or wherever else I can get Anchor to post it. Hopefully in the future we'll be able to have some video, but for now it's just the soothing tones of my voice deep into a 15 pound microphone. Hopefully you'll enjoy this first episode of the podcast. I've got one of my closest friends as my guest, just so we could sort of see how this works. And I hope you enjoy it wherever you are, whoever you may be, however you may be listening. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Hannah Carberry. Say hello. Hi. So Hannah, do you want to sort of give a little introduction, tell us who you are, how we know each other, or because we're all students, what you're studying. Um, just, just, just give the listeners a bit of a, an insight into who this first guest is. We met almost five years ago, I think, on a boat. Do you, do you want to give a bit more context? It wasn't just a no, random boat. A, it was just a tiny little dinghy in the middle of the ocean. On our Just escape, happened to be there by chance. Our escape from Alcatraz. <laughs> no, so re- really, me and Hannah met on, as she says, five years ago on a cruise. I was on it, I think, for my granddad's seventieth. I'm gonna say birthday. Uh, I'm not sure why you and your family were there. You just seem to be going I on holiday, whatever. Excuse me. <laughs> no, I was for my nan's eightieth. So two, two big family birthdays. We met through the very cool kids club that the boat had um, and bonded over our love of potato wedges at 11 o'clock at night at the buffet and of Hannah's incompetence at Trivial Pursuit on the PS3. Her silence is agreement. So I thought, you know, we'd start with Hannah on this podcast because she is my closest friend we have known each other for a long while and it seemed like the easiest way to deal with all the audio issues was to have someone who puts up with everything else um have you got a drink on hand because i know my throat is very dry as much as i don't have video i do have a bottle of fentiman's curiosity cola which i've become addicted to because it's been on clearance in tesco and hopefully one day in the far far future i can get them to sponsor me So that's, that's what I'm going with. I'm sat with two Chromebooks, you know, the most reliable of laptops. They are not. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're ready, I think we may as well just sort of start chatting. I think, I think one of the things I'll, I'll get everyone to know is what are you, what are you studying? You, you can say where if you want to, but what, what's your background? Cause I'm a linguist, anyone who's listening who knows me knows that. Uh, anyone who doesn't, I'm a linguistic student studying at Cambridge. We're both first years. Uh, what are you studying, Hannah? I am studying film production. Very nice. Uh, what's what's that like? Give us give us a bit of a give us a bit of an insight because I don't I don't know personally many if any other people who are studying that. 
I mean, I don't know where it's like. I'm at home. I don't have access to anything. Whoa! Doesn't exactly sound ideal. It's it's interesting you mentioned the point of being home because we will talk a bit later on. You know, we've had we've had a certain announcement by a certain prime minister about a certain roadmap, so we'll talk about that later. Um, but it's it's a good point you make about not having access to anything because I think that's something a lot of our listeners, if they're in our age bracket or just below or just above, are going to be feeling as well. Um, I know that for me, to be honest, I haven't felt too displaced by the whole thing because as much as I'm studying from home and I'd like to be seeing my friends I'm quite happy just working on my laptop on my linguistic stuff I haven't had to do any experimental sort of research yet that might cause an issue but it sounds like for you and I'm sure for plenty of other subjects that it's quite it's quite a different experience yeah I've got to film a whole project on my phone I don't have a microphone. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even have a tripod. What could go wrong? That's awful. That, that, that's, that just sounds though like ridiculous. What do you think about sort of people's pushes to get refunds and things? Do you think you guys should be owed that? Well, I mean, we've essentially been doing the open university, but for an actual university cost. For those of us who don't know, like me, uh, can you explain the difference between the Open University and anywhere else? I mean, the Open University, it's cheaper because it's supposed to be remote and learning from home. This mm. is not cheaper, not supposed to be remote, <laughs> but it is remote. And just paying for access to a course that I don't have access to, it's, it's was why? Because you're, you're uh, not now, obviously, but you were in residence at uni, right? You were same as me you were living there working there studying there all that jazz mm-hmm. did did you get so i'll give a bit of background for anyone who sort of doesn't know me or doesn't know what the situation's been at cambridge i got a chance at least at the start of term i had quite a few in-person classes they were quite eager to give us those whenever they could you know class of six talking about essays and stuff and then now that we're solely online it's it's not too different but there is you miss a bit of that sort of interpersonality that you might get otherwise but it sounds like did you not get any in-person stuff whatsoever i mean they did one a week but the the thing they did face to face was like the one thing they could have done online because it was just um having us all in a room watching the documentary not even like talking about it just being like okay here's there's a film to watch great see you next week all i'm picturing is those sort of american high school dramas where they're sat with the projector and the big screen that in the dark room that's all i'm thinking but that sounds it sounds like with a course like film that that's that can't work surely no do, do you at least feel like have, have they been supporting you guys or not as much great question oh well i think i think that's that seems to have been i think that's the thing a lot of people will be feeling sort of in our age group it feels like as much as there's a degree to which this pandemic is new normal now that doesn't sound like it's a great way to learn here's here's a question i've had posed a couple of times 
do you think you made the right choice or do you think you should have taken a gap year or gone straight into work or what? I should have taken a gap year. But then I didn't know what I'd do on a gap year because there's also nothing to do, so. Yeah. That's, that's, I know, I know some people who were volunteering in schools and now that's obviously not happening. It seems the only people who have got work at the moment of our age are the ones who are tutoring. But that's, that's, that's certainly something. Well, I'll, I'll put out to sort of, this feels very much like a reiteration of the last podcast I was on where we were talking about life as a fresher in the pandemic. But I think it's important to sort of say to all the listeners and I think, well, all of them, the, the three that I'm going to send this podcast I mean, to. you keep saying all of them, but you've chosen your first guest to have this accent, so... Yeah, I apologise to everyone. I've, no no <laughs> one's listening at this point. They heard me and they're like, no, well, we'll I'll not be doing this. We'll get them back for episode two. It means there's nothing to lose with these audio, <laughs> with these audio problems and the audio problem of our guest. <laughs> um... But the important thing to sort of point out to everyone, I think, is that it is it is sort of new normal. This whole thing is chaotic and none of us know what's going on. And sort of as long as you're trying to get through it and as long as you're pushing through it, it doesn't matter if you're not producing good work. It doesn't matter if you're not having the best time. It doesn't matter if you've not had the sort of freshest experience that we all wanted. If you can get oh, through really? it. Like, we didn't get a freshers experience. They did it for the pre-degree course and then they were like, no, COVID. Now we, like, oh, thanks, we, guys. We, we didn't even get an online thing. Oh, we, 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 we sort of ignored the online stuff, but Robinson College, because it's all all of our accommodation is on one long line. You know, we we, we had a chance to meet people. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> but yeah, as long as, as long as people are getting through it, that's all that anyone can really expect of you at this stage it's sort of it's it's the world is on fire everything's up in the air if you're if you're surviving you're doing as well as we can hope you to uh anyone who's been able to take up any extra interests great for you anyone who's just waking up every day fantastic you're doing well and hopefully next year or well oh god it's 2021 hopefully this year the latter half of it will be a lot better now, I think that's a good segue to sort of... I've got a very vague notes document here of things to talk about. Um, we've obviously had the announcement this week by Bojo about his um, his lockdown COVID-19 response, his, his steps out of it, his promise of sort of opening things up. Um, I'm on the official government website and it's a long old document. But, you know, I think we all know the date that everyone's looking out for uh june 21st if i've got that right i think i have the big the mass exodus of british people from their homes to the pubs um what what are your thoughts on all that do you think i hate to say it but do you think it's likely to happen do you think do you think i've seen some tweets saying that summer 2021 could be up there with the summers of 2013 and 2017 what are your what are your thoughts on all that I mean, so far, basically every plan they've had hasn't went great. So, I mean, I want things to be good by June, but I think people have been, like, way too optimistic. 
are you going to be out there on the biggest lash of all time if they open up because i'm going to disclose this i hope it's okay i know you're not exactly one for drinking um Um, i mean this isn't even water this is just full vodka oh of course i'm an alcoholic of course (laughs) um are you going to be out there celebrating are you here's a good question then sort of broaden that topic what are you what are you most wanting to do when we get out i just want to hug people that's fair enough with consent obviously come on let's let's market good messages no, just every stranger in the street <laughs> to be fair i think there will probably be people doing that so you're looking forward to hugging people is there anything what what sort of venues are you wanting to get back out to i want to go to a cinema that's that's a very fair that's a very fair observation uh if if someone linked to no time to die is listening please god <laughs> release it i need it i need that's the only thing that's gonna keep us going i think i think when no time to die comes out it will be a better place because i went and saw i managed to even during sort of the first set of restrictions they had the cinemas in cambridge open so i went and saw tenet and my lord i miss green with massive sound and reclining seats <laughs> even uh even youtuber ukuleleist extraordinaire dodie clark was posting on instagram the other day saying please just open the cinemas they're less dangerous than clubs so i think it's a it's a sentiment well shared it's one of those things as well where there's been a lot of talk about the impact that this lockdown is having on the film industry and the entertainment industry so We'll see how this all goes. You you might have to kickstart the movie scene in a couple of years when you've graduated. You might have to be the one burdening Britain's entertainment industry. Yeah, it's it's really reassuring to commit thirty grand to doing a film course for everyone to say that film and cinema is dead. Oh Jesus! Because well, I I know you've been doing some sort of screenplay writing stuff recently we I, I saw i've been very interested recently um to sort of nerd out for a moment uh, if any of you know the youtuber cop tom scott i think he's god's gift to the world um i want his red t-shirt i want to meet him um he released a video the other day about this open ai that's currently out there for language generation and for text generation and it managed to make him an entire script for like so he came up with a load of video titles that did all sound like things he'd actually do if, because you can sort of change the parameters and you can sort of it learns from a set of data as most robots do and you can um you can choose whether you want it to be very similar to your other work and where it risks just creating the same titles or whether you want it to go sort of far away and be less like you but so he created this video using this AI that sounded like the exact kind of video he'd make and made up this entire story about this duchess and it was absolutely mad and none of the facts in it were true but the robot managed to create a realistic sounding script for something that he'd create and it's fascinating to think that that could get applied to things like film in the future I think it's less of a linguistics thing than a sort of computer science thing but it's that kind of thing is fascinating and i think it's it's very interesting seeing the rise of robots while we're all locked indoors it's mildly <laughs> terrifying but it's 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 
it's a fascinating thing, especially because if you want to sort of test this AI, which I might apply to do, because you can apply to it sort of just for experimental purposes. They have a playground program, but you have to read and sign an ethics document that you're not gonna use it to create like political manifestos or to like, you know, attack people. I mean, my dad came home the other day and someone from his school had sort of done a deep fake from a still photo of him singing. And he was talking about it and I showed him video I showed him some videos on deep faking and that as well is a completely different thing, but it's completely terrifying. Especially given that none of us can go out and, you know, act. The the film industry, they can't exactly sort of film things themselves. So the fact that robots could be doing the filming for us is very interesting. Even even from I just feel like everyone's forgotten about G Force. Everyone watched G-Force as a child and just ignored every message it was sending. <laughs> Guinea pigs knew what they were talking about and now we just let robots do what they want. I promise she's not mad. G-Force was a brilliant <laughs> Disney film if none of you have seen it. I know we're both Disney fans, but never did I think that you would bring up G-Force in relation to the current sort of genesis of modern robotics. Like, <laughs> But yeah, no, all I remember about that film was the cover being them in the hamster balls and having sort of weird tech glasses. I have a feeling there was something about a toaster trying to kill people, but that might have just been a fever dream. <laughs> but it is, it's all very interesting. Even obviously as a filmmaker yourself, I guess the applications for robotics for you could end up coming in handy with things like robot cams and like whatever they're called, the sort of autonomous arms that you program to get the same shot over and over and that kind of thing. But the day that those things can think for themselves, I'm running for the hills because I am not getting punched in the head by a camera robot. <laughs> it's it's all very interesting though. It's it's weird seeing science progress alongside the pandemic, especially with all this stuff about the sort of vaccine and whether they're working and whether they can mix different vaccines and all the strains. And it's terrifying, but it is fascinating. Did you see did you see this video of the two women pretending to be grannies? No. So I, I saw it on Snapchat and Instagram and everywhere, and I wonder if the view, if the listeners have seen it at all. Um, this video of these two women getting... They didn't get arrested, but they were issued with a sort of notice because they'd turned up to one of these COVID vaccination sites in America wearing, like, bonnets, masks, sort of thick coats, pretending to be old people. And the oddest thing is the fact that they'd managed to get the first dose of vaccine and they had the paperwork for it and no one knows how but so they got sort of caught out and they've been told if they try to get that vaccine again they'll be arrested but it's it's mad thinking that there's this divide between people who are so desperate to get the vaccine that they'll put an old person out and those who believe that it's a government like conspiracy or like it's some kind of injected robot i think is crazy i'd like i will ask please tell me your you're willing to get the vaccine if it's offered to you? No, not at all. Of course I am. I got worried for a moment there. And to all the listeners, I'm not a scientist. I have plenty of friends who are actual science students. Please get the vaccine if it is offered because it is the only way we're getting out of this thing. Sadly, our age group is probably never going to get it. They're just going to sort of leave us to the hills, but... We'll see. There's been there's been suggestions by some I've seen that we could be dealing with COVID essentially forever. 
not in the not at the level it is now but just sort of being aware of it and you know there's talk about do you think you're going to be still wearing a mask when we're out of this like the like general sickness or do you just mean like covid just never stops well, I mean, I mean, let's say COVID ends, lockdown ends, we're free to do what we want. Are you going to be sort of taking to, as some have suggested, sort of like like China's sort of known for wearing a mask in sort of everyday life anyways? Or are you never touching that fabric again? I think it's a good idea for like if you have a cold or like just a regular virus or something. Because like that would actually help. But I don't think I'd do it like 24-7 when I'm in public. Yeah, that's 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 fair enough. I like think. if everyone's like vaccinated and that, and it's like not a risk. It just it just seems like COVID has introduced a lot of things that seem like sort of good standard practice that we should have been doing anyways. That we just you know weren't like the sort of hand sanitizer yeah, in shops just, and stuff. It brings to light how like disgusting everything was before. Like ball pits. Why did ball pits ever exist? Ball pits are fun. They are, but, <laughs> but no, uh, at what cost? <laughs> I was like, do you remember last year all the stories about like people doing TikToks of them going in and opening ice cream tubs and like yeah. licking it and then sealing it back up? And to think about that is insane. That all this, this whole, this whole, this whole virus came from someone wanting to get views and choosing to eat a bat. <laughs> But it's, it's, it is a, you're, you're right. There are some things that are absolutely mank that we were sort of doing that we just never should have. I'm, I mean, I, I, I will admit I'm looking forward to getting back to the when they're, you know, you know, I, I am looking forward to the the sound that means Britain is back on track. <laughs> I think that will be that will be when we know it's okay. Is when we get that chorus of laughter and of mocking woes. So I think I think we've probably talked about the virus enough. I'm sure that anyone listening is sick of hearing about the virus is sort of just desperately waiting, looking at the horizon, hoping to God that in summer we get a beer garden at least. Um, but we can we can move on if you're... The, the other thing that happened this week that I thought you and I would talk about, because we're, we're both people who play video games. We both like them to relax. I, I liked... I have played a few more than you. Um, uh, I thought we'd talk about... It's not so much news, but it's just an interesting thing this week. The Nintendo Direct happened. And you and I have chatted about a bit about this casually. I know you didn't watch it, but I have got sort of a a sort of overall summary of the things that were announced and I thought I'd I thought we'd have a chat about what we're looking forward to about which ones seem interesting. Listeners, if you don't play Nintendo, uh I'm sorry, but this stuff is interesting anyways <laughs> because video games are fun. Um and if you have thought about getting a Nintendo Switch in any capacity, I would highly recommend it because I got one back in September and it has been the greatest companion through lockdown. Um, I've been playing lots of old favorites that have been ported. I've been playing Breath of the Wild. Um, 
but it's a fantastic device and video games are a fantastic coping mechanism whatever you can do to get through the lockdown honestly but i i'm a big fan of video games so i thought we'd sort of dedicate a bit of time to talking about that because i'm a fanboy you're sort of pulled along for the ride by me telling you to get different games for us to play um but it was it was an interesting announcement the first the first one is you play smash bros i know i do it's one of the sort of more popular games on the switch they they've announced a new character uh pyra and mithra from um the game xenoblade chronicles which i myself haven't played it's meant to be very good but as with all nintendo games it's usually still 50 pounds wherever i see it and that is tragic but so you know more smash bros updates is always is always appreciated uh the pyramithra are sort of one of these dual characters anyone who played you know smash bros on the wii knows about um chic turning into zelda it's that kind of deal pokemon trainer turning into three different pokemon she looks set to be an interesting character i'm still salty because i haven't bought the character pass and i keep losing fights to sephiroth online um but it'll be interesting to see. It's always it's always nice when a new franchise gets added to a game that we love because it sort of shows that anything is possible. Anything is on the horizon. Hashtag Waluigi for Smash. <laughs> um, the other the other one that was um, you know they announced a lot of different ports of different games. Things like the original or not the original, but three of the Ninja Gaiden games, um, Mario Golf Super Rush, which is I think sort of. It's not a remake of the last Mario Golf. It is the new Mario Golf game, but it shares many of the sort of similarities. Um, Fall Guys is being brought to Switch. Admittedly, I've lost interest in Fall Guys. I got it for free on the PlayStation and it died very quickly and it was very frustrating. Though some of the game theory videos I can recommend because they're very funny talking about the biology of those big jelly-like characters. Um, they announced a expansion pass for Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. I played Hyrule Warriors on the 3DS and I played one of the Dynasty Warrior games on the PS3 and I just, I was never taken by them. I, I found them, they're all very button mashy games and I'm not a fan of that. It's just sort of you versus 4,000 tiny minions that you just punch in the head. <laughs> but that was, um, that was an interesting one. Um, in terms of other ports, Outer Wilds, that's meant to be quite good. I think that's the one about you've got four hours to stop the galaxy exploding and then it resets. Oh, that seems a bit oh, stressful. Play Majora's Mask, it's the worst Zelda game because it has a time limit. Um, a couple of Jap previously Japan exclusive uh, detective games are coming out, which looks quite interesting. Um, there's remasters of the Legend of Mana games, which were a set of RPGs that are sort of hold a dear place in many people's hearts uh we got a new trailer for monster hunter rise i'm i actually think that looks interesting i've never previously been a monster hunter fan you and i played a little bit of dauntless which is sort of in the same vein but obviously worse but i do think monster hunter rise looks interesting just because you can ride the monsters and i think there is something inherently cool about that uh, a couple of other remakes uh, or like remasters and ports Tales from the Borderlands uh, Telltale Games is Borderlands based uh, story game I played the first chapter of that never managed to dedicate because I find I have a very short attention span and I can't dedicate to just text games but that does look good you and I downloaded this week while it was on sale we downloaded the Borderlands collection so I have yet to introduce you to that um, there's a Capcom arcade 
collection stubs the zombie rebel without a pulse that's coming to switch it's a um I can't remember what console it was originally on. I want to say PS2, but I think that's wrong. It might have been an Xbox game, but it's a game about you being a zombie trying to zombify the entire population. And it's just very funny. It's sort of, he's a salesman type character. No More Heroes, that's a fantastic game. Travis touched down on his quest to become the greatest assassin. Um, Plants vs Zombies Battle for Neighborville. Don't really know much about it, if I'm honest. Um, but there's, there's a couple of new games as well. I think those are the ones to talk about better. Oh, one last one I forgot, Apex Legends. That I'm looking forward to because I'm gonna introduce you to it. And Apex Legends, I've been getting back into it recently, is very fun when you play it with friends, less so when you play it solo. And a physical edition for Hades, which is my indie game of the year. It was excellent. I still play it. It's a brilliant <laughs> game. It's brilliantly written, just, it could do no wrong in my eyes. It was a fantastic game um, and brilliant replayability. If you haven't uh, played it, you should. It's not just on Switch. It's currently on sale on Epic Games, I believe, for £15. I tried to convince my brother to buy it. He said, no, I'm not playing one of your nerd games. Um, but yeah, in terms of new content, though, that we've got coming out soon, I've, I've got a couple, a couple to pick up on that I'm interested in. The first one that I'm just going to sort of cast aside, Splatoon 3. I haven't played Splatoon 1, I haven't played Splatoon 2. They're always expensive, they're never on sale. I'm I'm not interested. What about you? What what do you think about it? I've never played it. I've never wanted to play it. I think Matt used to play it, but it doesn't not mind. Fair thing. enough. The the game though no, I'm going to save. I'm going to save my most excited one for last. I think, uh, as we said, we've got that Mario Golf coming out. It's got quite a funny-looking mode where everyone plays at once, and you just sprint between the holes and try and complete them <laughs> faster than everyone else. I think that's quite that's quite a good setup. Project Triangle. I think that's going to be that's that has the potential to be a very big game. It's by the creators of Octopath Traveler. It's a um, turn-based RPG if I remember correctly Project Triangle strategy with like the trailer starts with them announcing these sort of hype mechanics for different criticals and stuff I think that could be interesting I don't know if I'll buy it unless it goes on sale but I think that could be that could be a good game I know the Octopath Traveler guys have sort of a very dedicated fan base and there's a demo out which maybe I should get on Star Wars Hunters a very small teaser. Did you watch the actual video for it or did you just see it announced? No, I just seen there it's coming out. I'm hesitant to to be excited. <laughs> it's made by Zynga, who are sort of known for their mobile games. It's free to play. Star Wars free to play games have been hmm give or take give or take for the for the last few. Hopefully they can do some good. I, I saw I believe it was GameSpot said that it's probably going to be Battlefront, but cheap. And I think that could be a fair, a fair assumption. But here's hoping that they can do it right. Um, I feel I've talked a lot, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask your opinions on the Mario items for Animal Crossing. I think that that was the most significant part of the entire event, and the fact that you've only left it till now <laughs> to mention it. 
I'm mildly heartbroken. Oh, I, I must admit, I don't have Animal Crossing. Again, it's always expensive. The cheapest I've seen on eBay for was £30. But it the items do look fantastic. Why, why don't you tell us a bit about Animal Crossing? Give, give, give the people a recommendation. Oh, wait, the audio has just cut out. Give me one moment. Oh. Right. We are back after some severe and soul-crushing technical issues. Uh, I will need to find a new recording software for next week, whenever I figure out how to do that, or where to record it, or how to make my computer not run like trash. Where we were um, before we were so rudely interrupted by the woes of technology um, was Oh wait, I just realised I haven't actually set up the voice tracks. Let me check if it's doing the right thing. Mm. Oh, it is doing the right thing. Okay, okay, we're back. I don't know if I'm <laughs> going to edit out this part. Knowing how stressful that would be, I'm probably just going to leave it in. But we are back. Where we were before was Hannah, you were going to tell us a bit about Animal Crossing and why people should buy it. I mean, Animal Crossing... If, if you've ever wanted to move to a remote island, be in charge of absolutely every decision and owe probably millions to a tiny raccoon. Honestly, owing millions to a tiny raccoon sounds a little bit like the state of the world anyways. Haha, <laughs> political comment on the housing market for our generation. <laughs> Let's not think about that. So, okay. Talk, talk to us a bit about Obviously, Animal Crossing kind of took the world by storm, this new one. Like, even if you don't own a Switch or play it, you will have heard about it, and you will know about it, and you will know someone who plays it. So, so t where do you think that magic comes from? I mean, it's always been, like, a popular franchise, but I think the fact it came out during lockdown when no one could do anything, and it was, like, basically the only way to do things, but, like, virtually... That's fair. So, I saw. Why not? I think I saw a wedding on Animal Crossing. That was that. That hit the news. All those things like the Minecraft graduation ceremonies and things. It was all. It's been quite. It's been quite a quite a time for us all. Um, so you're you're looking forward to the Mario Kart items, I assume. I am. Um, there's there's the pipes, and you can just transport anywhere. Who who doesn't want that, really? Animal Crossing villager trafficking, perchance. Of course. <laughs> um, okay, one of the other new games coming out that I think I said to you I felt a bit heartbroken about it is this World's End Club. Um, it's a sort of story-ish, action-ish, narrative-ish game from the creators of Danganronpa. Danganronpa, for those of you who don't know, is a fantastic series. It's a video game and an anime um, all about basically high schoolers who are the best at things getting kidnapped and sort of forced to murder each other and then forced to figure out who did the murders in order to escape it's very Japanese um, and I must admit I'm disappointed I don't think this looks as good I, I think they needed to bring Danganronpa to the Switch before they did this and that's quite quite disappointing to hear about if I'm honest but I'll be curious to see how like sort of what sort of reception it gets when it comes out. Um, oh, and once again, we've lost Hannah. Give me one moment. 
right, we, we believe we've isolated the problem and it's Hannah's Wi-Fi, which is lovely because usually my Wi-Fi is the one causing me issues. Um, so yeah, World's End Club. Not sure how it's gonna go, not sure how it's gonna be, not sure if I'm gonna pick it up, but it was, it was, certain, it was an interesting announcement. The one that appears to have been most divisive, but that has got me excited, is the news about The Legend of Zelda. It's Zelda's 35th anniversary, and we saw for Mario's 35th, we saw some big, big things. We saw the release of Super Mario World with Bowser's Fury. We saw the release of the Super Mario uh, 3D... I can't remember what they called it. The 3D pack with... Uh, Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy Remastered, which I still haven't picked up, but might have to because it goes off sale at the end of March. Um, and then they've done what they've done to Zelda. We had uh, the creator of Breath of the Wild appear in Nintendo Direct. Everyone got very excited, just him, their black background, and he told us all that we're not getting any more Breath of the Wild 2 news, which is tragic. <laughs> But what he did give us was two new project projects for this year confirmed. Well, I say new projects, but that's a bit of a stretch because what we are getting, first of all, I'll start with the smaller one, is a set of Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword themed Joy-Cons. They're very cool, but they're gonna be expensive, but they are cool. One of them's inscribed with the logo from the Master Sword. One of them's inscribed with the logo from the Hylian Shield. You know, uh, a lot of people worried that scalpers are gonna, go, are gonna snatch those up, but we'll see, we'll see. The big one, though, that seems to have annoyed a lot of people was um, the announcement that they're going to be releasing Skyward Sword HD for the Nintendo Switch. Skyward Sword was a Wii-exclusive Legend of Zelda game, one of the few I haven't played, that needed the Wii Motion Plus remote in order to play it. People say some people love it, say it has some brilliant bosses, some people say it's got no original ideas but people seem even more divided about the fact they're releasing it for Switch. Number one, because there are motion controls and the Switch, let alone the Switch Lite, are not sort of ideal for motion controls. But also people were taking, the, the workaround that Nintendo's given that has confused some people is the fact that in order to swing your sword in different directions, you have to flick the right control stick different directions. And that is not, not natural in the slightest. So we'll have to see, we'll have to see how that goes i know i will want to pick it up but the listing on the eShop. this is what a four-year-old game maybe i think even no i think even more than that i think this came about out about 2013 if i'm correct but or no 2011 even and they're retailing this remaster for 50 quid it's kind of mad it's nintendo we love them but we also love to hate them because stop controlling the market give me discount <laughs> games um I think that's sort of the, all we've all we've had from Nintendo Direct to talk about. Um, I wanted us to touch on um, what games we've been playing this week because we haven't been doing much. We've mostly just been playing games and sort of chilling. I've been doing some songwriting, um, which I'm trying to get better at desperately. Uh, but so this week, I know I've been playing the remaster of Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, which in my opinion is the best Need for Speed game. You get some as ra some races as racers and some races as cops, uh, which is very fun. And the number of times I've texted you saying I'm driving a Lamborghini <laughs> and I just flipped over a cop car. Um, 
it's pure childish fun. But we've also been playing, we revisited, because it's on sale, um, another classic Wii game, uh, Resident Evil 5, which we've been working through. We're about halfway through the game. Um, I play a lot of games. I haven't played the original Resis, but I've been enjoying it. I sort of, it's very actiony. It's very, it's a fairly simple game, but it is quite good in terms of atmosphere building. But why don't you tell people, Hannah, sort of as a non, as not really much of a game yourself, what you've been thinking about the game? I like it when the characters are together because I cannot aim to save my life and you're quite good at it. So. I just have to, you know, slice a few zombies and I'm, it's fine, you take care of the rest. But every now and then when it's separates us, that is, that's terrifying. Like zombie spiders. I was walking down a corridor and was chased by zombie spiders and had no one. That's, that's, why, why would you want to play a game like that? I'm, I'm determined to get you at some point to play Alien Isolation. That would be the goal. The original Alien Isolation game. What a classic. But yeah, we've been revisiting an old game in the light of new games being announced. And it's been fun. It is it is a very it's less puzzly than the earlier games. It's less honestly, I'd say it's less tense overall. There are some terrifying moments. The one that comes to mind is the fact that the very first level, when you've only just got the hang of aiming, they force you to fight a big old executioner guy. Um but it is, it's a fun game. It's a fun time. We've had scenes, you know, on the back of cars with machine guns. We fought a giant squid monster thing yesterday. It's a good, it's a good game. It's, it's good, mindless fun. But it's that's, very easy to walk into chainsaws, as I found out. And There's this nothing is, stopping you. You just die instantly. Well, this is with us playing on the easiest mode as well, so... The other thing I think, I, I think, okay, in terms of to try and, well, no, we're not bringing it back to people who don't like video games yet, because I, what I want to introduce people to is Wargroove, because we've played a lot of that, and it's a game that I don't think many people would have heard of or played. Um, let me just check, because I don't think it's Switch exclusive, but Wargroove is sort of like anyone who knows Fire Emblem. It's like that franchise. It's a turn-based strategy game. You each take different sides. You've got different units that you can sort of create and send into battle and the aim of the game is to either destroy the other kill the other person's like main hero or destroy their main base and it is a very fun game the favor of which can turn very quickly namely because you can get dragons and any turn-based strategy game that allows you dragons and trebuchets as wargroove does is a fantastic game i think it's great because it was we we got it was fairly cheap i think we got it for about 12 pounds I'm going to say. Um, and you get a lot of, you get a full campaign, you get a co-op campaign, um, you get multiplayer online, you get local multiplayer. And it's, it's a, it's a fantastic little gem that people should, people should give a go. You know, if you, if you haven't, maybe if you haven't been into strategy games before and you'd like to give them a go, um, or just you're looking for something small and simple to play it's out on switch windows and xbox one and so that's wargroove a fun little game i think we'd both recommend to sort of anyone who needs something quick to get into or if you have sort of a couple of people to play it with it's a it's a good little one to try um yeah but you've got to be careful who you play it with because you might end up playing it with someone who spends like 
first five minutes making you think that you've got a chance. You get really excited. You spend all your money on dragons and giants, and then he kills them within one round and just crushes every dream you've ever had. I will admit I've taken to whenever I get the chance rather than just ending the match by killing Hannah. I will admit there have been a couple of times where I've just gone around and captured every single location on the map before finally ending it. But it's a good it's a good game to try. Um, honestly, I think that was most of the sort of talking points I had. This was meant to just be sort of a first podcast, give it a go. We've had quite a few technical issues, honestly, which hasn't been the best of starts. But hopefully it's a sign of sort of good things to come. I'm hoping we'll have different guests on, a couple of different people talking about different things, not just always talking about video games and COVID. Um, but we'll have to see. This is the start of hopefully quite a quite a fun little project. Um, I think that is all we've got, for now at least. Uh, I will hopefully see you all next week whether it's with Hannah and someone else or just with someone else. We'll have to see because I have not figured out the entire structure of this yet. Uh, I don't know if we're doing a one host with guest thing or if there's going to be multiple hosts. You'll be at least hearing my voice every week though. Um, So to any of you who are listening or have listened or have made it this far, I'd like to thank you so much for listening. Um, And hopefully you realize that not not all is bad here even if it is l on earth uh so hannah do you want to say do you want to say anything you can plug your instagram if you want you can you can just say goodbye you can give, give us some closing thoughts um great <laughs> uh it's been lovely having you on. Um, I'm sure plenty of people will be trying to stalk your Instagram, so look forward to that. Um, thank you for thank you for coming on this with me. Thank you for having. Me. Even if your Wi-Fi has been a source of great I great pain. I can't control <laughs> that. I'm gonna keep bigging this up just because it's the first time that Sky has actually consistently worked for me, uh, which it never usually does. Maybe that'll be a topic at some point. Everyone's gripes with the various providers of British internet. What a fun time that would be. Well, I'm also with Sky. This is... This is like... I'm not sure what form of prejudice, but it is prejudice. (laughs) And I think that's where we'll end it. I can hear family members cooking in the other room very loudly and clapping for some reason, which is quite a nuisance, but it seems like the perfect timing to end it there. Thank you very much, everyone. Hopefully we'll see you next week. Stay safe. Give your family your love and mine. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And I hope you all have a great week. Goodbye for now. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from Hannah. Have a good life. <laughs>